Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place, for your word says where two or three are gathered together in your name, you are there in our midst. Your word also declares that you inhabit the praises of your people as we worship you, as we gather together in unity, Lord God, we thank you that your Holy Spirit is here. That is what we desire. We desire your tangible presence. We desire your glory, and we thank you that that glory will anoint the words that are spoken today and bring and transform and change lives that are here. That's our whole goal, that we would be changed in your likeness and your image. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. All right, so let's begin with a scripture from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 to 18. I'll be reading from the Passion Translation. And it says this, it says, But the moment one turns to the Lord with an open heart, the veil is lifted and they see. Now the Lord I'm referring to is the Holy Spirit, and wherever He is Lord, there is freedom. We can all draw close to Him with the veil removed from our faces. And with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured into His very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Amen? Now, what is the word that you notice here? that they keep repeating over and over. At least three times, if I'm not mistaken, this word was repeated. Aside from the word Jesus, Lord, and Spirit. Can anybody tell me what word did you hear over and over? Okay lang sumagot. You get plus 10 points pa. What? Word and prayer pwede, but yung sa verse, hindi sa, ano? Ha? Huh? Veil, very good. Belo. Veil. Amen. Did you notice that it mentioned the, about a veil being lifted? It mentioned about a veil being removed from their faces? It mentioned about no veil? Yeah? No. Nakikinig ba kayo? Nagbabasa ba kayo? Pakitingin nga kung gising pa yung katabi mo. See, that's the danger of these seats in the cinema. Number one, it's dark. Buti lang, bawal ng pagkain sa cinema, so walang kumakain dito ng merienda. And number two, they're so comfortable, di ba? Sarap, pwede ba mag-recline yung mga upuan? Yung mga nasa taas pa, may mga lazy boy pa dyan. If you, you, so mamayang konti, wala nang akong kitang ulo, puro paan na lang. Kasi nakahiga na sila. Tapos pag may nakirig kayong kumihilik, sila yan po. Pero please give them some grace because they've been here since nine last night making sure that all of this is set up. They finished at 6 in the morning, and some of them, hindi na lang umuwi. They just stayed here to make sure that we have the most comfortable and most uh, excellent. Uh, let's give a hand to the crew, guys, to the production team for Sounds and Lights. You guys are the bomb. They're saying, nanibago ulit sila sa pagsisetup. So, yeah, we, we love you guys. Thank you for, for doing this for us, as we love every volunteer here. Amen. So the focus I want to talk about is this veil. Ano ba yung veil na pinag-uusapan dito? Actually, it is talking about if you read the context of First Corinthians, sorry, if you read the context of Second Corinthians chapter three, it was talking about Moses and how Moses had a veil. So what's the story? What's what's with it? Ano yung veil na to? And what about Moses and this veil? 
What does this have to do with anything? So I want us to look at the story in Exodus 34, verses 29 to 35 in the New King James. Let's see the story of Moses and the veil. See, Moses, Moses ang original belo. All right? Amen? And listen, the, you know, the reason why he did this, it's really, really important that we see what happens. So let's continue. Exodus 34, 29, 35 begins with, Now it was so, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai, and the two tablets of the testimony were in Moses' hands when he came down from the mountain, that Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. See? Sino yung original nagpapaputi at papakinis at papakanda ng pisngi? At ang original belo ay hindi si Vicky, ang original belo ay si Moises. Amen. Or siya yung unang client. Ni, ano, pero hindi si Vicky gumawa, si Lord ang, ang nag-ano ng mukha niya. How many of you know, listen, how many of you know that you look so much better today than the time that you were before you were saved? Can anybody agree with that? Come on. Aren't we better looking now than we were before? Sometimes you look at your picture before you were saved and you're like, just go, Lord, ano to? Diba? Parang nge. Ano to? Sino to? Yuck. But then now that we are saved, the Bible says, though the outward man be are, is decaying, the inner man is being renewed. But how many of you know that your inner man can also affect your outer man? Amen. You know, I, I just love looking at a, a person's face, a believer's face, when they have spent time with God. Parang nakikita mo na talagang nag-glow, nag-smile, nag-brighten up. But you know what? I've seen people that have, you know, they're in a tough spot and they've walked away from God. Now, believers, we go through tough times. But we still remain, the, we still have the joy of the Lord in the midst of tough times because hindi natin tayo humihiwalay kay Lord. Tama? Thanks be to God that si Lord ay hindi humihiwalay sa atin. Diba? It's so wonderful to know that in the tough times, nandyan siya kasama natin. But there are times that people disconnect from God. And I've seen people do that. And when I see them, it looks like na parang, parang abo yung mukha nila. Now, I'm not saying na ma, 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 yung kulay ng skin nila ay maitim. Hindi po yan ang sinasabi ko. Pero there seems to be no light coming forth from them. There seems to be like a darkness that they're, that they're in a dry and weary land, parang sinan sa gitna ng wilderness. And that is because they, they, are, they have disconnected themselves. They've allowed, listen, they've allowed the problems and the situations in life to disconnect them from the life of God. When in truth, when things are going bad, the more we need to wait on the Lord, the more we need to press on Him. Kasi sino ba tutulong sa atin kung hindi si Lord, di ba? Amen? Yung mga tao, pwede tayo iwanan, but si Lord, di tayo iiwanan. Ayan, Dennis, baka pwede mo isulat yan sa mga vlog mo. Yes. Yung mga tao, pwede, si Pastor Ruben, baka pwede makisabay sa ano, algorithm ng ano, Facebook page mo. Baka pwede mo idagdag yung sinasabi ko ngayon. Anyway, just joking. So, but because why? Because when we spend time with God, and we have the Spirit of God inside of us, it can't help. He can't help but affect us. Even the way we look, even the way we carry ourselves, even our very countenance is affected. Just like Moses, his face shone. There was light coming from. So let's continue. Now it was so when, uh, let's go to the next verse na po. Verse 30. 
So when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, uh, saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. Then Moses called on them, and Aaron and all the rulers of the congregations returned to him. And Moses talked to them. Afterwards, all the children of Israel came near, and Moses gave them commandments, all that the Lord had spoken to him on Mount Sinai. And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put on a veil on his face. But whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would take the veil off of his face. Uh, he would take the veil off until he came out. And he would come out and speak with the children of Israel whatever he had been commanded. And whenever the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, the skin of Moses' face shone. Then afterwards, Moses put the veil on his face again until he went out to speak with God. Now here we see this story. It begins with Moses climbing up Mount Sinai. And when he's up in Mount Sinai, palit. Thank you, Paul. And then he climbs up Mount Sinai. And when he comes up Mount Sinai, he is face to face with God. Now, it kind of makes you wonder what's going on here. Because in Exodus chapter 33, it talks about Moses telling God, I want to see your glory. Now, what is the word glory? The word glory means God's presence. And he says, Lord, I want to see your face. But, most, but God tells Moses, you cannot see my face, but you will see my goodness. But even, even in all that, he's there in the mountain, 40 days with God. He comes down and he is physically changed. But in the mountain, God gives him specific instruction. And this specific instruction, one of it was to build a place where God's presence would dwell. Alright? And what is that place? That place would eventually be called a tent of meeting. From the tent of meeting, it would become a tabernacle. And from the tabernacle, it would become a temple. So this is how it began. Tent of meeting. So in the tent of meeting, it's just Moses and God. And he's there. And there's a cloud. There's a pillar. And then there's Joshua outside waiting for him. And then afterwards, God instructs Moses to build a tabernacle. And this tabernacle is a portable presence of God. So meaning they build a tabernacle where they can carry with them. All 12 tribes of Israel carry with them. And then eventually when they become a kingdom, they built, David's heart was to build God a most glorious temple. What is so important about the tent of meeting? What is so important about the tabernacle? What is so important about the temple? Because all of these things, there's one thing in common, and that's where God's presence was. And just like Moses said, how will the world know that we are different from everybody else unless your presence goes with us? You see, church, the thing, the main thing that causes people to stand out in this world is not na matalino sila. It's not that they're, uh, they're, they're, they're knowledgeable. It's not that they're talented. If you really want to st stand out, it's you have to have God's presence in your life. Because it's only God's presence that will take something that is foolish and it will confound the wise. Amen? And you know, when we worship, talking about worship, our worship is that we desire not just to sing songs, not just to thank God, 
not just to praise Him, not just to not just to give Him honor, but the whole point of worship is that we would come in and be in His presence. Because we know that better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. We know that one moment with God in worship, in whether it be corporate or individual or as a family, that one moment with God can do so much more change than all the years or hard work that we do in our life. Truly, there are miracles, signs, and wonders when God shows up. Amen? And that is why we worship. That is why we take the time to sing songs, to stay, to linger. We don't just finish the song and then tapos na. No, we want to linger. We want to, to stay. Because why? We want to hear from the Holy Spirit. We want the Spirit to move. Amen? It is our desire that the Spirit of God move in our services. Kasi bali, wala lang ang gagawin natin kung hindi siya dito. You have to understand our desire. We need, we're, we're, but pastor, God is in us. Aren't we, you know, the temple of the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. But there's also a corporate anointing. There is a benefit when believers come together. Think about Acts chapter 2 when they were praying in one accord and the Spirit fell. And how many of you know we can have those anytime we desire? We can have a corporate unity, corporate anointing, and the Spirit of God would fall and people would be healed. There was a lady here earlier. And I prayed for her, but I said, Lord God, I pray that even before I laid one hand on her to pray, even if before I spoke one word, that as she was here to worship you, that your presence came in. Because I can't do anything. In and of myself, I'm useless. But with God, He can do all this. Amen? So Moses understood that when he spent time with God, there was change. There was a physical change in him. So why did he cover the mask? Because, you know, nahihiya Absolutely not. I believe Moses enjoyed the fact that God's face, God ate his face shone with God's glory. Why? Because anybody would agree with me that when, you, when people see God in you, that is a compliment. That is not a negative thing. Can I say that again? I believe that when people see God in you, when people see Jesus in you, that is a compliment. That is not a negative thing. Nako, ayoko kasama niyan. Kasi yung Jesus, Jesus yan eh. No. Even how much they mock you. Look who they run to when everything falls apart. Born again. Praise the Lord. Pag-pray mo naman ako. Malapit ka kay God eh. Sige na. Why? Because people need Him. Whether they believe it or not, people need Him. Amen? And who is God going to use today? The church. Where is God's glory going to be seen today? The church. Not in the cinema, not the building. The church. Look at the person beside you. Say, you're the church. Amen? When people look at you, they need to see Jesus. You know, I remember one time, I was in Katubig, in northern Samar. I was riding on the back of the pastor, not the back of the pastor, but the motorcycle. Kasi kung ako'y sumakay sa likod ng pastor, kawawa naman si pastor, mamatay na siya. So I was riding in his motorcycle and he was making, iniikot niya ako sa buong katubig. And we were, we passed by a school and all of a sudden, they kept saying, Ginoo! 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 And at that time, mahaba yung buko, di ba? At saka may balbas ako. Uh, well, 
Nagbalbas pa rin ako. Diba? Pero so I was fully bearded. And they kept saying, and I told the pastor, napaka-respectful naman ang mga bata. They're calling me sir. Kasi sa Pilipino, pag sinabi mong ginoo, sir, diba? Sa Tagalog. Pero sa, sa Samar, when they say ginoo, they mean Jesus. So they were calling me Jesus. And I said, Gino, Ginoo, hindi Ginoo, Ginoo, Sus Ginoo. Diba? So they were calling me Ginoo, mali. See, that's why hindi mo nakuha. Kasi narinig ko Ginoo, pero they were calling me Ginoo. Diba? Tama. May ganun pala. So, I did, you know, it was a compliment that they saw Jesus in how I look. But that's not how I want people to see Jesus. I want people to see Jesus in the way I love, in the way I, 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 I talk to people, not just in how I look. Amen? So that's why I cut my hair na lang. Para at least, ano, wala naman short hair, crew cut na Jesus eh. Alright? So why did he cover his face? In 2 Corinthians 3.13, it says this, Unlike Moses who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. See, what he did was he put the veil to cover the glory. Let me repeat. He would put the veil to cover the glory. Why? Because back then, the glory would fade. Meaning, as he spends time with God now, malakas. But as he goes on without spending time with God, the shining gets less and less. So the veil is to cover the glory. Remember that. The veil was to cover the glory. He didn't want them to see that in him, the glory was fading away. That's why he put the veil. Now let's look at the significance of veil and glory in the Bible. Because this has something to do with worship. Veil and glory. When Moses was in God's presence, God gave Moses a specific instruction regarding a certain veil. What is the instruction? Exodus 26. And you shall raise up the tabernacle. Remember we talked about tabernacle? Yes. And what is the most important part of the tabernacle? What, guys? Tent of meeting, tabernacle, temple. What's the importance of it? The presence of God. Amen. Jonathan, valedictorian ka na. Amen. It's about the presence of God. It's about containing the presence of God. God wanted a place where His presence would be. Why? Because when God made humanity, that was His plan all along. What do you mean, Pastor? When God created the world, the Bible says in chapter 2 of Genesis that He created a garden. In the midst of all His creation, there was a garden. And it was in that garden that God, His Spirit, would walk with His creation. It was in that garden that God would walk, Bible said, walk hand in hand with Adam and Eve. That they would be intimate, that they would be together. And Adam shone with the glory of God. And that is why when he sinned, the glory faded. Let me tell you, sin causes the glory to fade. The glory faded and He said they were naked and they began to be ashamed. They've been naked all along, but because of the glory, they would not notice their nakedness. But when the glory disappeared, they noticed and they were ashamed. 
And so what did God do? Because Adam and Eve had sinned, they were no longer holy like God was holy. And how many of you know that no unholiness or sin cannot stay in God's presence? So God kicked them out of the garden because He was mad? No! God didn't kick them out because He was mad. He kicked them out to protect them. Because God had a place on earth where His glory would dwell, and that was Eden. And so now God talks to Moses, and He says, I want to recreate Eden. And in Eden, I want you to make a place where my glory can come. And this is how you do it. So what did God do? God put two cherubim in the gate where he had. Now, when you think of cherubim, inisip niyo sa Tagalog, kirubin? Narinig mo yan, kirubin? Anong isip niyo sa kirubin? Maliit na bata na hubad, kulot, maputi. Maliit ang pakpak, maliit ang bow and arrow. Lumilipad. That is not a cherubim. A cherubim are bodyguards. If you ever went to the club before, when you go to the club, sino na sa pintuan ng club? Bouncer. Yung bouncer, hindi maliit. Yung bouncer, ang lalaki. Kala mo, Incredible Hall. Kala mo, si Stone Cold Steve Austin. Kala mo, si Undertaker. Or si Kane. Ang lalaki nila. Anong ginagawa mo dito? Sir, kasama ko siya. Diba? Never mind, ako lang yata nagka-club dati. Anyway, they would guard. He put the cherubim to guard to make sure that they would not come back in so that they would not be destroyed. And look what God's commandment was to Moses. Look at it. And you shall raise up the tabernacle according to the pattern in which we were shown in the mountain. You shall make a veil. Remember the veil? Woven in blue, purple, and scarlet thread and fine woven linen, it will be woven in an artistic design of a... So the veil, when you look at the veil, anong makikita mo? Yung mga cherubin, yung mga nagbabantay. What are they guarding? What is behind the veil? Let's continue reading. You shall hang upon the four pillars of acacia wood and overlaid with gold. Their hooks shall be gold. Upon the four sockets of silver, you shall hang the veil from the clasps. Then you shall bring back the ark of the testimony in there behind the veil. The veil shall be a divider for you, you between the holy place and the most holy. You shall put the mercy seat upon the ark of the testimony in the most holy. Meaning, in the presence, when you enter the tabernacle, there's a layer. You enter in, you are in the holy place. But that's not even the most important because in the middle of the tabernacle, surrounded by the veil which has cherubim, in the middle is the Ark of the Testimony, the Ark of the Covenant, the mercy seat where God's presence was. You see, the veil, behind the veil was the glory. The veil was there to protect the glory. Moses wore the veil to protect the people from seeing how the glory in fallen vessels would fade. He wore the veil to protect the people from seeing the glory fading because God's glory does not fade. But when you put God's glory in a fallen vessel, it will fail or it will destroy that vessel. Naintindihan niyo po, 
And in the temple and in the tabernacle, God gave a specific instruction. He said, there's only one who can enter in. And this is the high priest. In the time of Moses, it was Aaron and his children. And eventually, generation after generation, they would have a high priest. And, the veil, and they could only enter into the holy place, the most holy place where God's presence was once a year. And they would call that Yom Kippur or the Day of Atonement. So, anong ibig sabihin ng atonement? The being of atonement is the day of covering. Now, I can see your face. Well, part of your face. But I cannot see your nose and I cannot see your mouth. Well, some of you, I can see your nose. But most of you, I cannot see your nose and your mouth. Just because I can't see it, does it mean it's not there? Is your nose and mouth there? Oh, see? I know it's there. Why? I can hear your voice. So, alam ko, san... Galing sa dito, hindi somewhere else, di ba? Yung tunog ng boses mo. Hindi ba po? Galing sa mouth natin, hindi ba po? So I know you, even if I don't see your mouth, I know it's there. That's atonement. Atonement covers, the sacrifice covers sin. So that the high priest can come in to the presence of God because no sin can enter God's presence. Amen? God put this in place so that we can still have a semblance of His desire. And what's His desire? That he, God, the Creator, and humanity, His perfect creation, would be able to be together and to dwell together and to live together. That was His plan from the very beginning po. Amen? But how many of you know sin messed it up? Are you still here, guys? Sin messed it up. But God has an answer for every sin. Amen? Are you still there? See, the tradition was the high priest to enter. And he would have to offer a sacrifice. Actually, two. What sacrifice would he offer? The first sacrifice is for himself and for his family. He would have to offer a sacrifice for himself and his family. Why? So he is the, a proper vessel to carry in the sacrifice for, for what? The children of Israel. So two sacrifices. One for the high priest and one for the children of Israel to be atoned. But they, what they would do, they would wrap bells around his waist and they would tie a scarlet rope around his ankle. As he would walk in, you would hear the bells. Kling, ling, kling, ling. May mga pattern yan. But if the sacrifice was insufficient, you would hear, kling, ling, ling, ling. Tapos, silence. So, anong ibig sabihin? Sacrifice insufficient. The innocent has to die. Who dies? The high priest. Because of the insufficient sacrifice, the high priest has to die. Remember that. And they would take the scarlet rope and they would pull the scarlet rope and the high priest would be dead. They would look at the next. Oh, who's next? Kau naman po. Pas. Pas. Kau naman. Nobody wants to do it. Although it's such a privilege and an honor to enter into God's presence. But yet, if you look at it, you would think, oh, look. What if the sacrifice is insufficient? You see, what they do, that flow that they do, 
is actually a picture of worship. It starts with them entering in. How many of you know that when you worship, you have to choose to worship? Are you here? Are you getting me? Worship is not automatic. You don't wake up in the morning and say, I'm worshiping already. No, no, no. We have to choose to enter in. The Bible says, enter into His courts with thanksgiving and into, into His presence with praise. Amen? It all begins with our thanksgiving, our praise, our decision to worship God. You came here today and you decided to worship God. Amen? And are you glad that you did that? So after He enters in, the first thing that happens is a bronze altar. And he would get an animal and he would kill the animal. A sacrifice needs to be made. Amen. A sacrifice needs to be made. And as he kills the animal, of course, how many of you ever killed an animal? Walang nakaka-relate. But how many you know it's messy? Yung dugo tumatalsik everywhere, di ba? So as he kills the animal, he gets all messy. Then the next step after the sacrifice, they, they get the blood because that's what's needed. They get the blood and they go to the bronze basin. That's where they remove the dirty clothes and they put, they wash to make sure they're clean. They put on fresh linen. Walang dumi ang linen. Puting puti. Hindi ko alam kung Zonrocks ang ginamit nila or whatever. Pero sobrang puti. They're shining with this radiant white robe. Amen? They're cleansed. And from that, they begin, he begins to light incense. And the incense smoke rises up. And that's a picture of worship. So worship begins with a choice. Then it begins with a sacrifice. Then it begins with a cleansing. Like a follows with a cleansing. And then we could worship. And then you're thinking, me, how many of you have ever worshipped God and in the middle of your worship, or maybe you, you want to come to worship, but then you look at your life and you realize, parang hindi ako karapat dapat mag-worship ngayon. Like you're on your way to church and you fight with your husband and your wife. And then you say, I don't want to go to church. And then your wife says, you have to go. I don't want to go to church. You have to. I don't want to go to church. If you're not going to go to church, who's going to preach? There are times that parang you don't feel that you're good enough. That the sacrifice is not sufficient. So you, it hinders you from taking the next step, which is worship. But after they light the incense, they take the sacrifice and they enter in to the presence. See, the whole point of the worship is to get into the glory. Glory is the ultimate goal of our worship. And there are times that we think, God, I'm not good enough for your presence. And it's true. If you really take a look at it, it's true. Are we really good enough? Can we even say, stand, I'm perfect? No, we're not. But that's why Jesus came. One of the reasons was to allow us to be restored to how God designed it from the beginning. 
See, the veil would separate humanity from glory. But in Matthew 27, when Jesus died, the Bible says he cried out again with a loud voice and he yielded up his spirit. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. When Jesus died, that which separated glory and humanity was taken away. No more veil. Not only could we come in freely, but His presence can go out freely. The veil was a physical, visible barrier that God put in place to prohibit sin from going into holiness. You have to understand that God is holy. And to this day, He is still holy. Jesus' sacrifice did not make God unholy. Jesus' sacrifice did not destroy God's criteria. It's still the same because He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But what did Jesus' sacrifice do? Whatever the priest did, the high priest. Remember, if the sacrifice was insufficient, the high priest needed to die. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 10. And every priest stands daily ministering and offering repeatedly the same sacrifice that which can never take away sins. But this man, talking about Jesus, after he offered, what did he do? One sacrifice for sin forever. Bang! Pinatay niya. He did he was our high priest. He sacrificed for sin. He sat down at the right hand of God. Where is that? In God's presence. From this time, he's still waiting till his enemies were made his footstool. For by one man's offering, Jesus has saved, perfected, cleansed forevermore those who are being changed, sanctified. But the Holy Spirit also witnessed to us, for after He had said this, this is the covenant I will make with you in those days. I will put my laws in their hearts and in their minds I will write them. And their sins, talk about the white basin, their sins and their, so what did Jesus do? He entered in first. He came to earth. He entered in. He sacrificed. How did He sacrifice? He was the sacrifice. He died for once and for all. Next thing He does, he says a covenant. And what does the covenant do? It makes us white as snow for now. Where there is remission of these sins, there is no longer an offering for sin. Therefore, having boldness to enter in the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which He consecrated to us through the veil. See, after He does all that, after He sanctifies us, he deals with the veil. What is the veil? The Bible said his flesh, his flesh was broken. Through the veil that is his flesh. And he, having been a high priest. Remember what I said? If the sacrifice is insufficient, the high priest dies. Our sacrifice would never be enough. So our high priest, Jesus, paid the price. He died for you and for me. And because of His sacrifice, there is no more separation 
there is no more division. There is no more sep the hindrance from coming in. The veil is dealt with. The cherubs, because of Jesus' sacrifice, the cherubs that were guarding now move out of the way. Why? Because He who knew no sin became sin for us so that you and I, we could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The Bible says that we are robed in clothes and robes of righteousness which was not purchased or not given to us by our sacrifice but because of what Jesus did. We now have a high priest that can relate at every point because he went through what we needed to do. He did it for us. Why? Why? Why did He do this for us? Let's go back to our first verse, 2 Corinthians 3.16. The moment one turns to the Lord, the veil is lifted. The moment we receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, it's our 2 Corinthians 3.16, please. The moment we go and receive the Lord, there is no more hindrance to coming into God's presence. The veil is lifted. And we have freedom to enter in. We can all draw close to who? To God's presence. Why? Because the veil has been removed. And with no veil, we now become like Mirrors. What does a mirror do? Like Moses' face? You see, Moses did not generate that light. He was just reflecting the glory of God. And you and I today, we don't generate our own goodness. We don't generate our own glory. We don't generate what we do with God's presence. No. As we spend time in His presence. Or do you not know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? That God's presence lives in you. And that presence begins to shine. Jesus, the light of the world, lives inside you and me. That's why we can let our light shine. It's not our own light, it's His light. And as we worship God, as we are in the glory of God, in His presence, we begin to reflect His glory. And as we are reflecting His glory, something happens. The verse says, we begin to be changed into that same image. Romans 8 says this, For those whom God foreknew, of those He was aware and loved, He also destined from the beginning to be molded to the image of His Son, that we might become the firstborn, that Jesus might become the firstborn among many, what? Brethren. You see, as many as receive Him, to them He gave the right to be children of God. You see, when we understand what Jesus did and when we accept His sacrifice, when we worship God, we no longer worship from a place of far away. We worship as children of God. See, you don't come into God's presence, you know, we come in boldly. 
You know, Romans 8.14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons and daughters of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage of fear. We're not afraid to come into God's presence. Why? Because you've received the spirit of adoption in whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness at our spirit that we are God's children. See, when we realize everything that Jesus has done for us and as we enter into His presence in worship, we realize that we are no longer sinners. We are now sons and daughters. True worship reveals our true identity, which is children of God. Worship will lead you to sonship. Why? Why is this so important? Just for that we can say, Anak ako ng Diyos. No. I'm gonna end with this verse. Romans 8, 18 to 19. says, I am convinced that any suffering, meaning anything we're going through in life today, we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of glory of God's presence that is about to be unveiled, unveiled, removing the veil where? In us. The entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. Listen to this, church. This is so important. When God created Adam and Eve, when God created humanity in Eden, in the garden, His very purpose for them was to reveal Creator to creation. And until now, the creation is still waiting for someone to reveal Creator to creation. And who's going to do it? It's the church. How are they going to see Jesus unless it's through us? And the more time we spend, you see, the only way Adam and Eve could reveal God is because they spent every waking hour with Him. Now, God's not desiring that you just spend every waking hour worshiping on your feet. But understand this. His Spirit is with you every second of every day. And He will never leave you nor forsake you. And wherever you are, you can reflect His glory. The entire universe is standing on tiptoes, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious. You see, we are not just sons and daughters. We are glorious. How can people know that we are different unless we have your presence with us? See, listen to this. I'm going to end with this line. What is revealed in us will ultimately be revealed through us. How can God reveal Himself to you and to me as we spend time to worship Him and as we receive from His goodness? We can now go around and like a mirror, begin to reflect the glory, the presence of God to a world that is in so much need. You see, true change only happens because we have the spirit of change living inside of us. We cannot, you see, government officials, no matter how good their platform is and how righteous or, un, or, or, or how much they have want to do, true change cannot happen through people. Not through systems, not through governments, not through a political agenda. 
not through parties. True change can only come through the one who gives true change, and that is Jesus. And who is Jesus going to use? His sons and his daughters. Who's going to go about doing our Father's business? We are. Tell the person beside you, we are. We were created to worship, and when we understand who we worship, then we understand with unveiled faces that we are children of God. Your identity is secured in your worship to God. Amen? Come on, let's lift our hands to God. Let's just give Him thanks right now. Come on, just begin to open your mouth. Begin to thank God. Lord, we thank you, Lord. You are so good, Lord. You are so wonderful. Lord, we worship you and we give you praise. Thank you for your sacrifice, Jesus. Our high priest who paid the price once and for all so that we can enter in unhindered. No more veil. No more separation. Unveiled. Lord, let your goodness, let your glory be seen first in my life and help me to reflect that glory wherever we go, Lord Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you that the more time I spend with you, the more I know who I am. The more you reveal yourself to me, the more I will know who I am. The more you reveal what you've done, the more I can know what I can do because of what you've done. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. We love you, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this week's Home is Live podcast. Connect with us through Kumu, Instagram, YouTube, or Facebook. Welcome home.